Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode. I hope you're all doing well. This week I have a special guest with me. He's the very first Italian on the podcast. How exciting. So this is Christian. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, my name is Christian. I'm from Italy, actually near Pescara. That is in Abruzzo. Um, I know Lea for six months right now because uh, I met her for her Erasmus because I'm part of ESN, that is a voluntary um, system that helps Erasmus that come here in my university. So I had the pleasure to meet her. So from that, you can already tell that Christian is such a kind, caring guy. He does a lot of things to help. No, you do, really. Maybe I haven't actually told you properly yet, but thank you for everything the last six months. Some of the highlights have definitely been coming to watch your football games. So Christian is a referee. And how long have you been a referee for? For six years. uh, I started when I was 15. And uh, today I had a match. It was good. Uh, I'm happy about it. I'm satisfied. And um, yeah, that's it. So when I went to see Christian refereeing, I've never personally known a referee before. Um, so it was really cool to meet someone for the first time who's not actually always watching the players. Because the funny thing with Christian is when we go to watch a football game, Christian is not looking at the players. He is looking at the referee. Would you say that's true? <laughs> yeah, that's true. We went... Uh, uh, in a Lazio-Milan game in Serie A and uh, <laughs> they asked me about the referee because I was maybe the only focusing on him <laughs> and uh, he did a great job but no one cares, no one is interested in that job and um, only if you leave it, I guess, uh, you can understand uh, what, is it, what it is about. So what made you want to start refereeing? Because I know you've played football before, but what made you want to change to be a referee? Um, first of all, I want to say that I'm like a sport addict. I want to try all the sports possibly exist. And uh, before refereeing, I played football, I swimmed. Um, so after that, I saw my cousin that was a referee. And I asked myself, what is this about? And uh, they also came in my school, uh, like for giving, uh, you know, the the small details Mm -hmm. about what is a referee, what he does, uh, what advantages he has when you do the high school. Because they basically said that uh, I could go to the stadium for free. Yeah. Uh, it, it is possible, yeah, and also in Italy we do have uh, like uh, an amount of credits to do when you, when you are in high school, so doing the referee course uh, was giving these credits. So uh, I thought, okay, so let's try and see what happens, and uh, I liked it. I was so confused about it, <laughs> first of all. But uh, I always liked football when I was a kid. Uh, so I wanted also to try another uh, perspective uh, in that way. So I said, OK, let's start. I started with my uh, last best friend. Um, 
that I was no more a referee. Oh. Uh, yeah, but uh, we still uh, are in contact. And then uh, when, I, when I did the first game, uh, I was like a little child in a, inside the pitch, knowing <laughs> nothing what to do. And I whistled maybe twice oh, in no. 90 minutes. To start the game <laughs> and end the game. Yeah. And uh, when I did the yellow card, I was like, oh my god, what am I doing? Like, <laughs> yeah, like I'm so sorry, I didn't want to do it. No, but um, after the first game, I started to understand uh, what it was and um, starting to grow. Because uh, for me, it helped really, really a lot to improve... Uh, my skills, uh, physically talking, and also my, my mentality right now, my mindset. Because uh, first of all, I guess that refereeing is uh, like a metaphor for, of life. Okay. Because um, when you go inside the pitch, you have to take decisions, take it as fast as you can. So, quick thinking. And um, you have to be confident and, uh, of your de- decisions. And uh, of course, you will do mistakes as in life. But uh, it's thanks for the mistakes that we grow. And uh, of course, we will never do a perfect game. It can possibly happen, but uh, you should know that uh, it's thanks for the mistakes that you committed uh, before. So um, it helped me a lot to grow at that point of view. Honestly, that's really cool that it's basically changed your life in this sense. And I never really thought about refereeing in that way, that it could be this metaphor for life. How do you prepare yourself before a game? Is there certain a routine that you do? Like, do you have to psych yourself up mentally before you go out onto the pitch? Yeah, 100%. When I wake up the day of the game, I feel nervous. Like, I'm never nervous. Now you know me. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, also if I do exams in my university, I talk with some new people, I'm never nervous. Because it's no more part of me. But when I have the game, I'm so nervous, I can't eat. Um, Or at least I eat, but... I'm not hungry, <laughs> but uh, it helped me to be focused on the game. And uh, I try my, bi- my best, and uh, if I succeed, I, I'm so satisfied of that, of my game. Before the game, um, I have to stay in the football pitch at least one hour and a half before the game. Long time. Yeah. Uh, so it requires uh, all the day to be the referee because uh, you have to control the documents of the players uh, to see the equipments and uh, all that bureaucracy that uh, quite annoyed me but it, uh, it is uh, also useful to, to understand a little bit more the, the teams and the players so uh, it requires a bit and um, for the people that uh, want to see a game of mine <laughs> it's a bit annoying too because they have to wait a long time so I'm so grateful that 
some friends of mine, like Leah, came to, to watch my games for me. It's so meaning. No, it's really cool. And also, your grandma watched. Yeah. <laughs> I convinced my grandma to see a game of mine, and she was screaming <laughs> at the players, like a proper uh, nonna italiana, like, eh, che cazzo, insulti, eh. It was so fun to, really? to hear that. Because with the linesman, she was like, well, why is he sitting down? Like, he's not working hard enough. Yeah. Look, at, look at my grandson. She was so funny. Like, if you, anyone ever comes to a Christian game, they have to meet his nonna as well. She's also an amazing cook. Um, so back to refereeing. When is it that you feel, like, the most satisfied? When, is it afterwards when someone tells you you've done a good job? Or during the game, do you know when you're doing it right? I'm used to being insulted. First of all, so uh, for me it's not about what the others think because I know that uh, it's only my opinion that counts. I've been disappointed so many times about the um, the judges that watch my game that come uh, once in a month, okay. I guess, and they put me a vote to to you know go up in the next category. So, um, when I practice a lot, uh, thought that uh, I did a good game, and then uh, this judge was saying uh, <laughs> different things, but it helped me to to grow, you know. So I listen to the people that I I think they are um, able to judge me, and only them because if you if I hear uh, the players or the public that insult me, or should I think, I mean, they only insult me because they were never empathic to me. They never uh, tried to uh, to put them on my feet. They never say thank you either, do they? No, very rarely. So you do all this hard work. I mean, in an average game, you run about, what, 10 kilometers? Yeah, nine. Today I did nine. Yeah. It's crazy. So you're, you know, running so far, and also you have to make decisions in a second. Yeah, as and fast as I can, yeah. It's really, really difficult, but yet you never get acknowledged for that. How do you deal with their insults, and how do you deal with mistakes in general? When I do a big, big mistake, that everybody understand, understood that I did a huge mistake. Basically, I try to stay as possibly human. Human, human. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, sorry for my English. Christian, <laughs> um, your English is amazing. Yeah, but no, no, it's not true. Um, so I say sorry if uh, it's a big mistake. Otherwise, if it's like a 50-50, uh, because you know you're running, you're, you, you don't have VAR, so you can't watch it again, <laughs> you can't stop the time. So for me, making a decision is all about uh, uh, how the action goes and what the, the players are. Like I see them on the face, I see them how they fell, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so I try to understand the, the action, action by action, episode by episode. If, if it's a 50-50 and you don't know what to do, you just take a decision that could be uh, I whistle or I don't whistle, but just 
make sure that everybody feel that uh, you are confident of about uh, what you decided mm-hmm. how is that possible first of all you need to stay close to the action today i i didn't whistle a penalty because i was so close that i saw that the the striker just felt oh. for a little contact it's it's difficult to judge because you're running, they're going fast as fuck. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's really difficult. But if you are so close to the action with the right angle, with the, with the experience that you already had, you can make decisions. I did uh, a decision. I took uh, the yellow card to the striker uh, because of simulation, I guess. Okay. Okay. And uh, that's it. Nobody, nobody said nothing. Yeah. Because you are credible. Yeah. And you've built, you've built up this credibility. You know, you've been doing it for five years now. Yeah. Is it something you see yourself still doing, say, for example, for the next five years? We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see because uh, for now it's helping me a lot. Uh, also, uh, money talking. Because every game I earn my, my quote, you know. For instance, today was 75 euros. That's good. Yeah, for a guy that uh, don't, uh, don't require uh, a lot of money to, to, for example, pay the rent or pay the car or pay the other stuff that usually your parents do. For me, it's, it's just... Um, that I earn that money to invest them uh, on what I like to do. Could be possibly clothes, could be possibly sneakers, I don't know, something <laughs> that I like, that I want. So I don't ask my parents. Also, if I want to go to eat a pizza with the others or to just hang out the Saturday night, I don't ask money to my parents. That was a huge, huge uh, satisfaction for me. Because I never ask my parents to to the moment for having money for having fun. Definitely. So it was like freedom for you in that sense, but it's also something that you enjoy because you've always liked football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really do enjoy football, but sometimes it's just so hard because uh, you do it every week. You're spending your time, your Sunday in doing that. And uh, nobody cares. Only you. It's is only you with yourself. Uh, if you're not satisfied uh, because uh, they didn't uh, give you the hot shower after the game, <laughs> uh, I'm so upset about it. You have to take these cold showers, and I get sick. Yeah, it's a shit. <laughs> yeah, really, but especially in England. Everyone hates the referee. They're totally biased, always for their own team, and I've never heard anyone say one good thing about a referee. Yeah, of course. You, you listen to what Lazio Milan said about the decision. Although he, he did really great. It's all about talking shit about this figure, and no one wants to really understand him slash her. Because I know a lot of now female referees, good. and uh, I guess they have double courage to to get into the pitch. Yeah, I would say so. But do they referee the women's football? No, no, the men. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. But maybe both. I mean, I 
we also do female football sometimes mm -hmm. and but mainly men okay. the last question about refereeing that i wanted to ask you was do you sometimes miss being the player on the pitch and would you recommend other people to pursue refereeing like you did yeah when i went uh, in my school promoting the new course the new refereeing course i told to, to like 200 people 200 um, kids you know saying that uh, they should try as everything in life if you don't try you don't know if you like it or you don't like it so at least you you it deserves a try then you can decide what is best for you, right? Yeah, so that's really good advice for anyone who's never thought about it or likes football. Give it a try. You might yeah, make yeah. some money. Of course. Uh, yeah, at least. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was part one. Part two is something very close to your heart, Christian. We are going to talk about Abruzzo, which is the region where I've been on Erasmus. And it's a place that I've grown to love, and it's thanks to people like Christian who told me so much about it. So, please can you tell us, first of all, why do you like Abruzzo so much? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, can, I can stay here talking about Abruzzo maybe 50 hours, <laughs> but uh, I just want to say that my favorite place in the world is in Abruzzo, it's called Blockhouse. Is it in Maiella, that is a mountain chain, you yeah. know? You've been there with your dad, so you know, if it's sunny day, you are 2,000 meters high and you can see the seaside. Amazing. You can see the sea. And, um, and when I was there this summer uh, in the sunshine, I also saw Croatia. For real? Yeah, 100%. That's mad. So it's just amazing the feeling when you, you turn off uh, from uh, a really tiring hiking and you enjoy sunset or sunshine, uh, 2,000 meters high, seeing the, the sea and Pescara and all Abruzzo, actually. Oh, that's really So amazing. for me, this is my favorite place. Um, so I just said two things about Abruzzo that are, for me, so important, but I guess it's, uh, in general, for this uh, uh, so underrated region, also in Italy. Uh, Imagine in Europe, <laughs> in the rest of the Europe. <laughs> uh, so i because we have uh, mountains and I love, love, love hiking, climbing, skiing, and all the mountain stuff. Christian is literally a superhero. He does everything. Any kind of sport you can think of, Christian does it, for sure. <laughs> and uh, there is also the seaside where I live. Uh, it's not my favorite part. <laughs> but... So this is Ari. No, oh, it's, yeah, it's Pescara, no, okay. Pescara. Uh, yeah, I'm from a little village called Ari, it's 1,000 inhabitants. Uh, it's in, like, in the hills, in the countryside, so I got a lot of uh, bio-natural vegetables and stuff like that, that we grow homemade. Okay. But um, for my university, I started to live in Pescara because uh, I wanted my independence and uh, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I'm uh, 500 meters away for, from the sea. So if I decide to go for a run, I just go near the sea, 
listen to the waves is amazing and uh, I can look at my left and uh, see the mountains so for me this is crazy this is unique definitely and this is one of the reasons why you always can picture yourself living in a boot so no yeah um, as I told you before and uh, for anyone that doesn't know about it I did uh, my Erasmus in uh, Oxford that's why a little bit I can talk English. That's <laughs> why he's this good at English. And it was such an amazing experience. I could definitely do it again. But uh, if I imagine living in Oxford uh, or um, other parts uh, in the world that uh, I visited, I just think that uh, no one has uh, such unique natural beauties as Abruzzo does. Or Italy itself, it's beautiful. Every legend is beautiful. But for me, Abruzzo is my, is my home. So it's even more beautiful. You should definitely come. <laughs> no, definitely, because, I mean, there's direct flights from London Stansted all throughout the year to Pescara. In summer, there's also from, you know, Birmingham, which is nearer me. But really, when I told people I was coming to Abruzzo for Erasmus, they were like, where? <laughs> Show me on the map. It's really crazy, and you say that it's like this also in Italy. Yeah, yeah. in Italy it's not known so much. Uh, maybe in the nearest regions uh, they know about Abruzzo because we have the, the highest mountains in the center of Italy. We have Corno Grande that is uh, almost uh, 3,000 meters high, so wow. in a flat land, so uh, you can properly see it from uh, almost <laughs> from Rome <laughs> yeah. yeah no no but uh, from Lazio yes so um, I know a lot of Roman people that come in Abruzzo for for summer period uh, in the mountains and uh, but apart from that uh, Italy is most known uh, for the Alps for the Dolomites if you want to go yeah. to the mountains in Italy, you go to the, to the Dolomites that are, of course, amazing. <laughs> but um, I think, I personally think that we, we have uh, not the same, but we, we don't have to be jealous about the Dolomites because we have so many things here. So uh, you should appreciate then what you have for me is like that. Definitely. Maybe, maybe Molise is the only other region that is less well known <laughs> yeah. than Abruzzo. Poor Molise. <laughs> yeah, at least there's that. Okay, so you definitely love all things to do with nature. Can you tell us, I know you have loads of stories, but can you tell us maybe your favourite memory of being in the nature in Abruzzo? Yeah, I got really a lot of stories. I achieved a lot of hiking goals and now... Uh, I'm more focused in the climbing, I'm improving, but uh, I'm a shit. <laughs> I'm still a shit, no? but uh, there's a lot of improving, so I am definitely focusing now on climbing that I really love uh, from the first uh, thing. But uh, talking about my favorite uh, moment, uh, <laughs> it's hard. Abruzzo Nature. I would say when I saw the bear, because you people don't know, of course, that in Abruzzo there are bears, and there are also wolves, but wolves are more common than bears. Bears, uh, we have only 60, 70 bears in Abruzzo, 
they are in a national park called Parco Nazionale d'Abruzzo, Lazio e Molise because it's a territory that covers three regions but the, it's most, uh, mostly in Abruzzo, this park it's really difficult to see a bear in that huge territory so me and my best friend went to a hiking two days the second day we paid for a guide a mm. uh, local guide that uh, was uh, paid for purpose to see the bear because he definitely knows where where the bear goes because uh, he does photography and stuff like that he knows he lives there for for his long uh, 60 years of life so maybe you know he definitely know more than us so we paid him and um, the first day we just did a hike normal hike you know uh we went uh, up uh, to 2400 meters we we had our uh, panino with uh, salsiccia and uh, we turned around we saw deers we saw a group of deers. We thought, wow. <laughs> we thought, wow, I never saw so many deers in my life. They were all grouped. So we took some shots with the, with the camera and uh, we, we were staring to them like for three, four minutes. And then, and then they, they just run. Oh. They just run. It was so strange because we thought like we weren't moving or scaring them. Uh, that's a point because you, if you see an animal, you definitely don't do anything. You don't have to do anything. Scared by. Yeah. Um, so just respect the animal, and uh, he will respect you. And uh, but it was weird because they they escaped. So we were like, what, uh, what is happening? No? Uh, we started to walk the back to, to the, uh, the hacking uh, tracks. And uh, after that, my, my friend said, wait, 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 wait. I need to, I need to check what, it, what is that uh, black point over there. Cool. I said, okay, <laughs> check it, but... Uh, <laughs> There's no, nothing. Yeah, yet. there's nothing. It's a rock. <laughs> yeah, definitely a rock. He started zooming uh, with his camera and uh, we saw the bear. Wow. It was a huge, huge male. Oh my so god. I, I started, uh, my, my heart is starting to. <laughs> to beat, to, yeah. yeah. To beat uh, as fast as uh, possibly a human can, uh, can afford. And I was huge like, animal. yeah, it was huge. We were far from him. Uh, I don't want to say luckily, because uh, I know uh, like this guide uh, walked uh, uh, one meter away from a bear and uh, the bear did nothing because it's not a dangerous animal if you don't disturb it. Of course, it's a wildlife animal and every bear, every wolf has a different character. So as humans, so one is more aggressive, maybe one is more aggressive. Okay. But definitely we shouldn't be scared about the story that is tell 
about these wildlife animals. Big scary grizzly bear, yeah. Yeah, here it doesn't exist. So uh, we filmed the bear with the camera, so from the video we took pictures. We were just amazed for this animal. She, uh, he was a huge male without the collar, so it yes. was a new bear also. Very much wild. Yeah, and uh, he ate uh, some fruits from oh. the from the from the bush because, uh, like uh, our Abruzzo bears, are uh, diet are is for for the ninety percent vegetarian. Okay. Yeah, only the ten percent is about meat. Oh. Yeah. And uh, he ate this uh, bush from this bush, and uh, he just walked away in the woods. So we had this little special crazy moment. And the day after, we told the local guide, you know, yesterday we saw the bear here, and he was like, what the fuck oh, are you saying? <laughs> like, he's going crazy. Yeah, it never happened to me that I saw the bear there. So we were just so lucky. We were kissed by the fortune. Yeah, that's definitely a special moment just for you two, you and your best friend. Yeah, amazing, 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 amazing. And it's just for everyone to know because you think that to see the bears, I mean, I definitely thought you have to go far away, like Canada or something. But no, they're here in Abruzzo. You see, yeah. you've got 60 of them. It's really difficult to see them, but you can. And... On the topic of bears, sadly, there was this tragedy, I think last week, that you told me about, about sadly one of the bears died, but I'll let you tell the story and just tell us how you feel hearing this story. Yeah, so on Monday morning, I saw an Instagram picture uh, of this uh, really famous bear uh, died in a car accident. in the night before. Luckily the driver is good right now, maybe feel guilty, but uh, the fault is not about him, because uh, it, ca- it can happen. Uh, the, the accident was outside the, 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 the park territory, so he, he didn't expect, of course, this. Uh, so the name of this bear was Juan Carrito. In the last years became like the most famous bear because he was one of the newborns, the few newborns bear of the park. So, and his character was really open-minded. It showed up in the different uh, (laughs) um, towns of the park uh, really, really many times, because uh, he liked a lot the trash (laughs) and the the chickens of the farmers. He's a cheeky bear. <laughs> yeah. So several times they filmed him and it's a huge mistake. Because uh, if you see a bear near your house, you should definitely respect the, the, the space of the bear. Because uh, otherwise you stress, you stress a lot the bear. And of course if a wildlife animal is stressed, it can do two things to run away or to attack you so of course if uh, in the park in abruzzo it uh, never happened that a bear attacked a man but uh, it can possibly happen 
because if you stress the animal, if you are too close to the animal, if you if you follow the animal, of course he will get stressed and he can possibly attack you. So uh, I saw a lot of videos about this bear in the last years because he was uh, he was not worried about the humans and uh, that's a huge mistake because uh, in that uh, in that way the life of the animal is totally changed mm -hmm. you know it's no more a wildlife animal but it becomes almost a domestic bear that you can film because it's docile but it's not the natural way to be yeah yeah definitely on the other hand of course uh, this famous bear took a lot of tourists in abruzzo you can see the both sides of the medal uh, unluckily, he died on Monday. It's a tragedy uh, because we have uh, we have already a few bears left in the last five years. Four bears died because of accidents. That is a huge percentage of the population. Of the population, definitely. Uh, so I felt sad because uh, it's a part. Uh, it's part of uh, of the park now that uh, goes away with uh, with his soul but uh, it's an accident it's uh, the definition of accident so it can happen it's a shit but uh, th this can happen and when happens uh, people should think about how important it is to protect these animals to put the streets more secure more uh, protected from the wildlife uh, crossing not only the bears, but I saw a lot of deers invested, a lot of uh, also boars. So it's a shame because uh, you don't ruin uh, only the the wildlife nature, but uh, you ruin uh, all the system, you know. So it should definitely be more uh, well known, this thing, for uh, all the people from uh, the big city like Pescara that is in the seaside. Uh, to the little uh, small towns in the park. Everyone should care about that. Thank you, Christian, for sharing that really important message. Um, to be honest, I hadn't met anyone quite like you who was so invested into wildlife protection. And I think it's amazing because you've taught me some new things, and but you're really open about this with a lot of people. It's something I can see that you're clearly passionate about. And I think it's a definitely a great thing we all should be educated about so yeah thank you for sharing that story the next question i wanted to ask you was about your climbing so with the climbing it's something that i've never tried i would love to try by the way do you feel like it's an achievement after you've done it or while you're climbing is it something that you enjoy like what's the feeling you get from the climbing so the first time i went climbing was outside was uh, in the actual mountain in the rock for the first time yeah, you're first crazy time. with the rocks with the real rocks <laughs> and uh, i was like oh what is happening i'm so feared about it like uh, um of course as every human being we have the natural fear of uh, being uh, high like um, fear of heights yeah yeah fear of high yeah so because uh, you you're just 20 meters from the from the ground and uh, you don't see, you see um, above your feet and you don't see anything so it's a bit uh, scary uh, but of course it's not dangerous as I thought because uh, it's all uh, well done you are uh, 
equipped with a, with a huge protection, so nothing is going to happen. But the first time, so I didn't think, I wasn't thinking about it, so no. I was scared as fuck. <laughs> the fact you didn't even practice in a gym before. No, but, but why? Like, what were you thinking? Yeah, because uh, Luca, my best friend, told me, oh, let's try, you know? <laughs> and I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm down for it. And then I changed my mind. <laughs> but then after three, four times, I started uh, not having fear anymore of high. Uh, so I started uh, focusing on the, what uh, I can reach uh, on, on the line of the, the, the project. It's a sport, it's an actual sport, but um, now I'm training climbing in the gym because it's winter down there, it's cold outside. I'm still going sometimes in the mountains, but it's, uh, it's more complicated. It's not like summer, in the summer you can go like once a week, uh, twice a week, so it's more funny. Now that I'm in the gym, I feel like uh, when I close a line, because you actually see the, the grips on the wall, uh, if you finish the line, uh, you're just happy about it, because it's like you're training, uh, it's like uh, another sport. But when I go one day, in the mountain and I climb, I don't think about anything, I'm relaxed, I don't see it as a, as a sport but just an hobby, just uh, being relaxed in the mountains doing some sport. So for me it's amazing, uh, it's, uh, nothing, it's just amazing to feel the contact with the rock, like it's yeah it's weird to hear that i know i know uh i'm uh <laughs> i don't In know yeah, maybe the the new york times uh, need to put another gender <laughs> like <laughs> like rock lover <laughs> that's christian rock lover the new name rock lover and uh yeah and just uh it's a really cool hobby though i've got to say because like the adrenaline that you must get from it yeah must be amazing when i now i'm not feared anymore about uh, high but uh, the first line the first time uh, you go and you climb every every time you go uh, you always have the adrenaline that goes really fast after that you you became more confident and uh, you yeah. don't feel anymore the the pressure and the fear so you climb more relaxed. But the first line is always about a bit nervous. Yeah. Definitely. And with all of the sport that you're doing with the refereeing at the weekend, climbing, you're going skiing tomorrow, with all of these different things, how do you train? Like, does your week have a routine? <laughs> or I think every day you're training. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's complicated. <laughs> I got too many things to do. And uh, I'm, I'm happy about it because when I was uh, younger, I always thought like I'm wasting my time. Like I didn't think about it. I didn't know that I was wasting my time. But now that I'm doing so many stuff, uh, I saw like I wasted really a lot of years of my life. Like playing video games. <laughs> FIFA. Yeah, a lot of FIFA. <laughs> Uh, Minecraft, uh, <laughs> no, really, I was chubby also, 
and um, yeah, now I'm really happy. To... You can't see Christian, but Christian, it's hard to believe that you say this because really, Christian is like the vision of health. Like Christian is in great <laughs> shape now. So to hear you say that is crazy, really. Yeah. So uh, now I'm happy, but uh, to organize my weekend or uh, my week in general, I have a calendar. And before, before, uh, before every week start, I need to write down all the things that I should do because otherwise I don't have enough time. It's a shit to, to say this, but uh, it's actually like this. But uh, I can say that it, sometimes I really enjoy the fact that I'm always uh, doing something because I think, okay, I'm not wasting my time. I'm doing... Uh, the best as I can every day when I feel okay. Then when I feel bad, I cannot do anything. But when I feel okay, I can do stuff, I do stuff, I'm happy. Christian really is a bit of an inspiration for everyone because Christian never wastes a second of his time. And, you know, you're even volunteering with ESN. It's like you do a lot of things, you know, for yourself, obviously, but also you help other people so much as well. So I guess... Thank you for being an inspiration. And no, like, I'm not an inspiration. He's also Mr. Joker, so he will never, ever admit this. But really he is, and I think I'm realising this now. As I'm suddenly leaving Italy, and I've learnt so much from you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm going to check that I said all the questions. Yeah, I think so. We're great, done. Really We're great. done. Oh, one last question. <laughs> How did it go yesterday? No, no, cancel this, no. <laughs>